Well, it's great to be back on a Panthers podcast on Panthers Radio in association with Zionomics. And of course, looking back, it's it's been a, again a constant busy stream of signings for the Nottingham Panthers. Nearly there, just a handful to sign as we speak. And just thought we'd go over the few uh, that have been signed in recent weeks and talk about a few other matters as well, including the sad passing away of Mike Hammond, which of course came to a shock of everyone. But we'll touch on that very shortly and, and give our tributes to, to what a great guy Mike Hammond was and, of course, a great player. But we'll start with the with the signing news. And, and you know, let, let's start with, with, with one, guys. And first of all, I should really say hello. Very remiss of me. Hello to Dan Green, Greener and Jono Burrard. Jono, good evening to you both. Good evening, guys. Chris. Yeah, let's start then with, with Mathieu LeMay, 28 years old, born in Ontario, Canada. He had a a career in the U Sports League and, and he turned professional in 2019-20 in the Alps Hockey League. What a staggering year he had. Nearly two points a game, 85 points in, in 44 games. He then got his DL2 deal and, and he scored his first year there over a point a game. Uh, then he's been around about a point a game, you know, since then. Uh, his stats speak for himself. He, you know, in DL2, he has a 143 points in 136 matches. You know, he knows Europe. He obviously played his hockey in North America as a youngster. Dan, you know, what what do you think of that, Simon? Give me your first thoughts of, you know, it's always hard, isn't it? You you look at the, the, the on paper, but but what are your thoughts on what you've been able to glean about him? Yeah, he, he just looks, I mean, you've just obviously, you know, nailed it really, but he just looks like a big points guy. You know, I think at any time you can play in, in the league, you mentioned, especially the DEL2, and you look at, you're getting you know, a point a game, you know, over a point a game. I think that speaks for itself, you know, that there's there's not many players even that, that, have, that have played in our league that have gone there and done that. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think he sort of fits the mould, like we always say on, on this show, with all of our other signings, you know, not a huge guy, but speed, skill, points. And I think that's something we really lacked last year. You know, if, if there weren't one or two guys scoring, we kind of really struggled. And I think now we're starting starting to see those guys with the scoring depth coming in. And yeah, I, I think he'll just be another one to kind of add to the firepower. And he, he, he looks like an excellent signing. John, Jonathan Paraday called him dynamic, dynamic. The scoring ability player that adjusts to the league uh separation from defenders is it's very impressive it, it's it like dan said he, you know it, it's another it, it's you you can just clearly there were signs of it in our past two podcasts but it's a hundred percent clear now isn't it, jono that there's a mold for this team and and it's a very definitive mold for this team yeah, it's fast and and point scorers, and this guy is a point scorer. Uh, you you only have to look at his past few seasons. Got a few comparisons actually that I've looked at with him. So, Alps Hockey League that you mentioned, uh, his first professional season, he scored eighty five points in forty four games. To compare that with with someone we all know, Daniel Tedesco, who was at Guildford last year, he's signed for Belfast. In 21-22, Tedesco scored 24 plus 44 in 39 games. So this this guy, LeMay, he heavily outscored Daniel Tedesco. DEL 2, 2021, Scott Allen, who we all know has just recently re-signed for the Steelers. 
He was the 17th highest point scorer in DAL2 in 2021, while LeMay was the eighth. Because uh, I, I sort of went in, I was looking for comparisons with, with players that we know, and we all know the quality of Scott Allen and Daniel Tedesco. And I think he compares very, very favourably with them when you're looking at the build-up of other rosters as well. Looking at our roster, it seems we are going very much for the, for the speed and skill angle. And I think this guy fits the bill absolutely. Hugo Roy is an interesting one because he's he's actually, you know, 26. So he's very, he's quite young. Again, all the guys are sort of between 25 and 29, maybe with a couple over 30. But but Hugo Roy Greeno, he's a lot of years pro already under his belt. He, he you know a lot of guys Panthers have signed. You know went to the NCAA and, and then went pro. This guy you know went pro very early on, and and straight away got a few games in the AHL with Milwaukee. He's been with Atlanta and Florida, uh, back to the AHL as well. You know you, you look at last season, forty four points in 64 games for, for Kansas City. Uh, this guy too, you know, and, and I stress, you know, we, you know, looking at, at, at stats is 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 what, you know, most people can do. And, and you can ask around and ask former players and former coaches. But but again, on paper, especially going last season, Greener, that he's certainly a guy coming to Nottingham in form, knowing where the net is. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, again, obviously he's a, still a relatively young guy, but like you said, lots of experience, lots of, you know, East Coast American League games, you know, he'll be well-traveled, kind of been there, done it, seen it all. Um, obviously, you know, European hockey might be slightly different, but yeah, it just, just like LeMay, I, I just think he'll be another guy, put up points, you know, work hard, he'll know where the net is. Um, and yeah, you know, you don't want to just kind of, repeat the same thing but yeah he just again you know 44 points you know so just under a point a game but you know those those leagues up the coast they're they're, they're tough leagues they're more physical that they're not as high scoring as Europe and yeah I, I just think he'll be another one that it's not going to be like last year where we have you know three or four offensive guys it looks like it's you know six or seven or eight forwards that all put up points every year so Again, I think he's just going to be a, another part of the firepower and um, hopefully he can settle quickly. Yeah, that's a good point, Greener, that John, Jono, that Greener makes there. You know, once again, it's a shame, but Panthers have had to make, you know, wholesale changes because last season didn't go well. It, it's going to, you know, I, and, and I spoke at length, you know, with Jonathan Paraday about this in, in a recent interview. I think it's where preseason is key, and and results don't matter, do they? So much, Jono, in in preseason, though it would be nice to beat the Steelers a couple of times, but but it's 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 getting the team gelling, isn't it? And and the way that they want to play, you know, that's going to be crucial. Yeah, it's it's going to be all about Jonathan Paraday getting his systems in place and getting the players buying into those systems. And what we got four preseason games, two two against the Steelers, two against the Blaze. So they're going to be really, really important for Jonathan Paraday, I think, to to get the team where he wants them to be ready for that opening uh, weekend against Manchester. So it, it gives him a lot to work with. I, I was looking at, at Hugo 
Wara with in comparison with some other forward signings throughout the league uh, from the ECHL. Uh, and there's a lot around that sort of point seven points a game last season who are coming in. Uh, Matt Alvaro at Guildford, you've got like Luke Lynch at Glasgow, um, and other was Oliver Cooper and Aaron Nazarin at uh, Belfast as well. So it's comfortably sitting with within those new players who've, who've come from the ECHLs and looking at him and, and looking at uh, the fact he's actually had a few games in the AHL as well, which is always a good indicator. You know, I, excited to see this this guy play and see what he can do for us. I think I called him Hugo Roy earlier. I hope I don't do that when the season starts. It's definitely. <laughs> A Hugo Wah. I checked that. Yeah, yeah, you're all, you're all right, Dan. I've already put it on the notes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely a Wah. But we, I do fear there's some. We do have some names that I could butcher this year, and 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 I did uh, have a, a good chat, and it brings us on to uh, our next <laughs> signing. And I'm going to make a prediction. I'm going to stick my net out, and I'm happy, you know, to stick my neck out on this one anyway. But but starting to say about butchering names, Victor. Bjorkan, Victor Bjorkan. Now that's the English way to say it. He did try and teach me the Swedish way to say it, and, and I just didn't really get it. So we just <laughs> agreed on like Bjorkan is okay. So John, uh, you might we'll call want... him Victor. Yeah, yeah. Victor. Uh, you, yep. John, you might want to sit down with him early on and, and work out how to say things. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a chat. Um, now he's he's really interesting, and and. I'm going to stick my neck out here and and I'm going to make a prediction that he's going to end up on an all-star team uh, this season. I, I look at him and, you know, again, you, you look at where he's played as a junior. He played at the top level in, in Sweden. He then went, obviously, to, to North America and went the college route, came back to the Alsvenskan. He, he went to, to Denmark and got a stack load of points. Um, you know, he's won playoffs in previous times. He's played in the, the top levels in Denmark and Norway and Slovakia, the second tier in, in Sweden as well, as, as I mentioned, for some very good clubs as well. Um, he was described to me by a coach who has never coached him, but but coached against him and 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 was described as would be one of the best offensive def defensemen in the league. And you, you can see that in some of his seasons, he's been very offensive. But we had this conversation, you know, during the the interview where he said, I also take care now in that defensive side of the game. So, you know, which way will Jonathan Paraday go? Who knows? You know, we'll, we'll see when the, probably when the final piece of the jigsaw in terms of defenseman is, is put together. But, but I love, I mean, I'm, I'm loving all our signings for different reasons, but, but Greener, this guy and, and, and chatting to him, he spoke with authority you know, really considerate. I love the way he talked about the research he'd done and what was important to him. Greener, I th I think this guy's going to be a leader. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously we always say about looking at resumes, you can't always tell from a resume and stuff. But yeah, I, I think with him, like you said, the points he's put up and the leagues he's played in, I saw some highlights from him, you know, big shot from the point. One of his goals. Yeah, you know, he's and I actually think we've missed that. You know, we've obviously over the years we've kind of had it, but I look back to like a Jan Sove, maybe someone like Matheson didn't have a big shot, but was obviously very offensive. Mm -hmm. But 
I think we've missed that the last couple of years. Like that guy, like the sort of the Gabe Bass, the Hotham, you know, other teams have had a guy at the back, almost like a pet grave that's run the power play, led from the back. And, and I kind of think we missed that last year. And, you know, it looks like Carl Neal will also probably be a bit like that. But yeah, I, I think it's good that he's not all about numbers. And, you know, he sort of came out and said he's he's probably changed his game a little bit. And, you know, he's he's really um, focuses on being a, a, a defensive defenseman too. So like you said, I think it depends how the coach uses him, but he can obviously do both. You know, you'll probably see him on the power play, but also when we're up, you know, late in the game, you'll probably see him out there a lot. So yeah, I think he could be a, a really, really big part of our defense, whether it's, you know, scoring or keeping pucks out of the net. So I think he'll be a very exciting, almost sort of like a, a big fans player to watch. I was just thinking back to what one of my favourite ever Swedish defensemen in Nottingham, and that was Kelly Carlson. And I was just looking, Carlson, yeah. and looking up his stats. And ten years after he played for Nottingham, he played in Division Three in uh, in Sweden and got played one game for a, a team called Scar IK. I mean, that's mm. did he have one professional game? He was probably just bored one weekend and. I'm just having a look here. So it was, it just, it's, it says Division 3 on Elite Prospects. Which, um, uh, well, the Hockey Etan is the third tier in, in Sweden. That's where now, like so. yeah. Adam Deutsch plays, yeah. So this mm. this is something very different, obviously. Um, But I'm just, I'm just looking at like, so that year, he, the, the leading point scorer on this team was a guy, a Canadian guy called Zachary Joy, who got 71 points. <laughs> um, and yeah, he just, he did play in the hockey at on. I, I, I wonder what sort of league that was. Anyway, never realised Caddy Carlson came out of, uh, got 60 goals this guy got in 32 games. Wow. In, in something called Division 3 in Sweden. But yeah, um, so yeah, revelation of the, of the day. Kelly Carlson came out of retirement to play one game that that came ten years after after finishing with the Nottingham Panthers. But but what do you think of of Bjorkum, Jono? I think the thing that came across his interview, like you, I was very impressed by the way he spoke and the, and the way he came across. Uh, and when you look at his well, his European career after after even he played in the NCAA which is which is a very incredibly good level but his European career it's all in comparable leagues to the elite league and he's done very very well and won a championship in Norway in 2018-19 with Frisk Asker he played a further two seasons for them he scored a lot of points and from the video that I saw on YouTube from him last season with the uh, Banska, Bestraka in Slovakia, and then I'm going to probably mangle this, but Sunderski in Denmark. You're right, the sort of power play quarterback type of player from from what that video was showing, and and I totally agree with what Dan said earlier. Is we have probably missed that in the past couple of years. And I think uh, this guy and probably Carl Neal as well can, can certainly fit that mould. And But yeah, I, I think like you, he came across very, very well. And I think, like you say, when he said he'd done his research into the team and into the coach and in, into the, the whole 
package of the Nottingham Panthers. You know, this this is a guy who, who clearly for me is going to to care a lot about being here and care a lot about what he does on the ice. That's a really good point, John. You you do interviews and 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 you know this. Sometimes guys will say, "Oh, I don't really know much," and and that's fine. You know, the guy comes and is signing a contract to come and play, doesn't have to know every nook and cranny. That's just the way some people are. I ain't got a problem with that. Other guys will, you know, probably Google the city and 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 whatever, you know, see 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 what's around, see see you know see what's what what's nearby, and 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 you know, clearly they all look at the rink. You know, every time you do an interview, they they clearly look at the Motor Point Arena and they know mm. about that. But but like you say, the, the way he spoke and the way he spoke about how important it was, which kind of brings me greener onto to something else that that's really interested me. Without fail, and some without prompting, but but to be honest, others I've brought the question up because it's a reoccurring theme. But they they all are buying into this philosophy we're talking about, and and and, and look, this is you know clearly Jonathan Paraday and 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 Omar Pasha are having long conversations with these guys and talking about how they want the team to be, not just on the ice but off the ice, and how they want to conduct themselves and how they want to be as part of a team and and you can tell that that that's resonating with these guys you know and th- these aren't like you know i see some comments sometimes like oh guys are set up to say things i can guarantee you with every one of my interviews there's no line set up there's nothing that i tell them to say you know everything comes from what they want to say but the unique thing greener with the interviews that i've found um is is that they all want to be part of this philosophy, which clearly is speed. There's more than speed to it, obviously. And I'm sure, you know, Jonathan Paraday is going to, and Omar, they'll stamp that on the team from early on. But it's 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 good to hear that there's guys saying, I, I want to be part of an ethos. I want to be part of something that they want to be joined together, you know, and, and not on their own page. That's promising to hear early on, isn't it? Yeah, I, and I think, you know, Obviously, last year wasn't good enough, you know, from from sort of top to bottom from the Panthers, really. And and I think that, you know, Omar and Jonathan have been very detailed with their recruitment and they've gone after guys, specific guys, like you said, a certain age, a certain skill set, a certain speed. But also they want a really good dressing room, you know, guys that they're not selfish. They're in it to win as a team. They're in it to just be part of a of a cog, not to necessarily be a superstar. And exactly that, I think everybody I've spoken to and 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 you know the things you've said and Omar said that they're good people that want to come. They're not superstars, they you know necessarily, but they want to come, work hard, win. And I think that's really high on their list. They they want to recruit good people. And recruit people that, you know, whether we win or lose, are going to come and do everything every night, give everything. And I think we're going to be a very up-tempo, exciting team. And I think that's what we've craved for a few years. And, you know, Omar's gone out there and specifically targeted that. And, you know, we're seeing the team put together that he wants from top to bottom and that Jonathan can get the most out of. But, yeah, it, it seems like we've got a really good group of guys that are all here for the right reasons. So yeah, very positive with everyone. Got a quick word on on Lucas Sheldon before we move on to to, to Hammy, uh, Jono. Great to see a, a Nottingham-born goalie. That connection with the Nottingham Lions, it, you know, it's it's happening again. There's there's going to be that connection. 
you know, you suspect he'll be on the bench, hopefully a lot, because that would mean Panthers, you know, will be utilizing their full strength squad. Um, there might be times when he's not, but he'll it, be back up very consistently. You might probably play more for Panthers than he does the Lions uh, this coming season. But but it, that that's just really good seeing. It'd be great for his development, won't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's been a, a, a great servant to the Lions over the years. He, he's put, I've seen him put in some outstanding performances for them uh, over the past few years. And, you know, he, he came and he, he got to train with the Panthers along with Matty Blore last season. Uh, and he'll get that opportunity again. And, and it really, you're right, it really is great to see how much game time is he going to get? Well, we don't know that that's we'll have to wait and see as the season unfolds but i think for his development i think he's still only 21 to come in uh, every day and train with 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 the panthers is only going to be good for him we've got only a few minutes left so you know I want to touch on on mike hammond we you know it would be sad to 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 not mention it even though it's a you know a tough situation for for everyone um, I mean, it, me, you guys, everyone was totally stunned. I got a phone call at, at six in the morning, actually. Uh, I was actually sitting in bed doing Sudoku and, and Dave Sims calls me and it, it rings a couple of times and it and it rings off. And I think, oh, is that a missed call? And I go back to my Sudoku. I've not been online at this stage. I'm trying to not be online at six in the morning. And then he rings me about 10 minutes later. It's like, Chris, Chris, are you awake? I'm like, yeah, I'm awake. I'm awake. It's like, have, have you seen the news on Twitter? And uh, no, and he tells me, and then obviously, you know, the, the news starts to filter in, and and it was just a a shocking day, really. And and I mean, I could probably see if you know either of you want to think of your memories like on or off the ice of of Hammy quickly. I'll just say, look, you know, two things. I mean, Hammy was a, a great guy. He had a, he had a great cheeky smile, and one of the things I loved about Hammy was, and I always to take the mick out of him, but not like the mick. It was always it, it told me how much I loved him. Because he wore his GB cap, and Greener, you probably noticed it at training. You probably did too, Jono. Every day, nearly after training, he would put his GB cap on with the Panthers. And every day I'd see him, I'd go, I love you, Hammy, putting your GB cap on after training. And he wore it with pride. Uh, and he did. He just wore it after training every day, his GB cap. And it was interesting because you know, I went back through some Facebook posts and, and one from his brother, you know, put some touching pictures up of him in Canada and he's got his GB cap on as well. Um, it just showed his pride and it kind of brings me back to on ice. Obviously, you know, the, the, there's there's the four goals at the top flight of the World Championship, scoring against the USA, scoring in the game where GB came back from three down to win 4-3. But, but also, you know, the final act he did for GB, that, that game, we all saw it. He was lights out the best player on the ice. Yeah. And scored an, an outstanding goal, set up two outstanding goals as well. And and I'm just, however sad I am, I'm just happy that the didn't go right for him in Nottingham last season. And it saddens me the Panthers fans and his Panthers teammates didn't see the hammy that we all knew was there. It just didn't work out for him for Nottingham. But for GB, his final act in Nottingham w was phenomenal and it, and he'll ever be remembered for that. I've gone on a bit long, but but Greeno, what, what about you? What are your thoughts of hammy? Yeah, kind of similar. You know, he he's, he was quite a quiet guy. I always found, but yeah, he he loved the GB side of it. You know, he loved the GB boys. Obviously, being born in this country, I think he had a real connection with 
you know, Britain and, you know, the sort of G. I I know when he played for GB, he was really close to him. But I I remember one of the first times I met him properly when he first signed here, I had to take him into town after practice to sign something for his house. And I'd only spoke to him a few times. I remember it was just me and him. We walked up and it was sort of typical hammy. He was really quiet on the walk up. You know, we sort of walked for 10 minutes and he barely said a word to me. And it was, you know, it was a bit like, oh, you know, I don't really know him. And we went into the thing. I helped him sign the things. And then on the way back, he never stopped talking, you know, oh, I'm thinking about maybe buying a house here for, you know, when I retire and I'd love to live here. And it was sort of like the walk up really quiet. But once I loosened him up a bit, then he was just, and that was it. Then every time I saw him, he always came and said hi. And we we had a little chat and whatever, but yeah, definitely not the loudest guy in the room ever, but he'd always come over and say hi. And like you said, that little smile. And yeah, I just thought it was funny that he sort of opened up that quickly. And then, and then that was it really. But I think John, I might know a bit more from maybe in Manchester and stuff. So yeah, I, I didn't know. I I didn't know him in Manchester because I, I I he was at Manchester before I started commentating there, unfortunately. So again, like you, the first time I met him was was when he he signed for the Panthers. But people probably know from what I've said, but I always, always, always wanted him to sign for the Panthers. He was like the top of the list of all the players I I wanted to sign. And um, I don't know if you remember, we did a mock draft for the Elite Series and he was my number one pick for, for, for the Panthers nice. ahead of everybody he else. That, he was great in that real series. For he, was, he was for Coventry, wasn't he? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I thought he was he was very quiet, but, but very polite, very considerate and always spoke when, when he saw you and... He's a, the 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 last time I, I spoke to him was was at the playoffs and we we were sort of stood together watching the the, the final uh, behind the plexi at the stage end. So he sort of, that's always going to be be a nice memory that I, that I have of him. And uh, you know he he was he was a very nice guy and he's an extremely sad loss uh, to, to British hockey as a whole. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Jono. And and there will be tributes to him uh, as you would expect for, from GB and and from a, a Panthers. Uh... Panthers perspective as well but yeah so so boys thanks very much I've, I've loved hearing your thoughts on on the new guys and, and obviously uh, on Hammy and, and our thoughts are still uh, with his family and friends there's a service uh, to remember him actually coming up very soon uh, a week on Saturday actually uh, in his uh, in his hometown um, so uh, I know there's some people connected with British ice hockey going to be across there as well so uh, I'm sure that'll be emotional but also a celebration for for, for Hammy who was uh We've never forgotten that. That's absolutely sure. Anyway, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. Everyone, thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll be back, I don't know, maybe in a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, and that will probably be like a roundup of the signings and then looking ahead to the preseason action. The pre-season action. But for now, thanks for listening to the Panthers podcast on Panthers Radio in association with Sinomics. <laughs>